Welcome to the Fans Edge Sports Talk Podcast, hosted by Mike and Essex. We want to give listeners a fresh take on all things sports. We are professionals. We are fans just like you. Today is November 22nd. Uh, as we are recording this, uh, when you all are hearing it, it will be... that. What did I say? November 22nd? Yeah, yeah. it will be November 23rd. <laughs> Getting old for my age, no man. Uh, brother's birthday will be on the 23rd, man. So, you know, already hit my dirty 30. I'll be, you know, 31, rolling right on into them 30s, man. Blessings. Uh, can remember the days when I was told that I wasn't gonna make it here, and I just always go ahead and reminisce on those type of moments, you know, when people tell you, hey, you're not gonna uh make it, you know, you're gonna be, you know, six feet under or, you know, in prison, and, you know, just to know that I have came a long way, I've changed my habits, things like that, um, it's just a blessing, man, and I just like to laugh in the face of uh, people who think that others cannot change for the better, man. Yeah, it's a, it's nothing but blessings, though. Yeah, all, all blessings, man, all blessings. Uh we, we've been hearing some crazy stuff uh, going on this week in the NBA. You know, the draft was this past week as well. Uh, LaMelo Ball did not go number one overall. But where he went, I think, is the best spot for him um, with MJ. And you already see that somebody else wants to go ahead and, and join, you know, what's going to be built in Charlotte as well. And I think that they got a tremendous player and someone that can help LaMelo Ball grow up and, you know, get into get into his own. What do you think about it? I mean, you're right. I didn't – I for one, I, I didn't know if LaMelo was going to go number one because I had been buying into the hype of uh, Edwards from Georgia. But I did believe that LaMelo could have and should have went number one. But I do also like where he landed because Mike – Mike gonna get his hands on him. Mike gonna develop him and get him in the in the mind frame to know like, hey, he gonna because Mike not having none of that Lavar stuff. No, nah, that's <laughs> dead. That's dead. He like, hey, when you here, this is your focus. All that other stuff, yeah, save that, save that. So I like that, and that's really, I mean, Melo really kind of already got a good head on his shoulders. You see what he did overseas. I mean, we don't know how that deal was working out, but you see what he did. So being under Jordan's wing is just only going to help him. And I'm excited to see how he's going to develop. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's crazy how LeVar was talking all of this. I'm better than uh, MJ and all of this other stuff. And how crazy is it? The guy that you've been talking crap about and everything goes and be like, your son going to be my son. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's kind of crazy. And, Maybe a little bit of slap in the face, but it's all good, man. It's all love. So we got to go ahead and go into the state of Arkansas because the state of Arkansas just went ahead and let us down, man. Um, We went ahead, picked Arkansas to beat LSU. That didn't happen. We go in, we pick Arkansas State to beat a 1-9, now 2-9 Texas State team, man. 
we know this Texas this Texas State team. You might as well just go ahead call them the uh, what do you call it? The Arkansas Killers. You know they come <laughs> in <laughs> and they just take care of Arkansas teams. So you got LSU winning by three. 27-24 against Arkansas, and then Arkansas State losing by two to Texas State. And the Arkansas State game, it just started off bad. You know, Texas State just got out hot, got out to a nice developing lead, and it just seemed like Arkansas State couldn't get anything going with their offense until, like, what, the second quarter and then the, and then the second half as well. And, but but by then it was almost like too late. Texas State might have started out on a couple drives, but then they come back thumping and win the game. Yeah, I was watching this one and I even messaged you during the game. I was like, man, they are making me mad. And I don't know, they just couldn't get things together. Can, for some reason, still can't get things together. And they just they. They got better throughout the game, but they just couldn't do enough to take this game with them. And it sucks because I've been bragging about them being the best team in the state. And it just it sucks to see them lose like this. Yeah, that's why I was telling you, man, uh, you know, maybe years past they, they, they would have been with uh, Chad Morris coach team or Brett Bielema coach team. But it's not looking that way now. Um you know, UCA was supposed to have a game. That got canceled. I think this kind of hurts UCA's chances of going to the SCS playoffs. Even though we had predicted them to go ahead and lose this game, I think it was just the way. You're going up against a top 25 team, and how were you going to play against this team, which I thought was going to be their biggest question mark. And then just to see, you know, them not be able to have this game, I really hope that they can still make the SCS playoffs through all of, you know, this crazy this crazy stuff going on, I would really like for them to uh, make the playoff. Same. They deserve it because anytime for the past couple, well, it's been a couple years they've went and they've kind of made a little bit of noise, but I feel like now they're in a better position to where if they get in there, they can, they can do some things. And hopefully they stay like that for the future because their future does look really bright. Yeah, we, we've just talked about how they just need a developing quarterback and things will definitely be going going great because they got some amazing speedy receivers. And like we just continue to talk about, man, that, that defense is nasty. I, I love it, and I just I, – I don't know. I'm a defensive type of guy, so I love that type of stuff. But let's go uh, ahead in the, the matchups that Arkansas does have, um, Arkansas and Arkansas State this week. Arkansas is going up against Missouri this um, forced, I like to call it forced <laughs> rivalry game, Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff on the SEC Network. Missouri comes in as a two-point favorite with the over-under set at 51 and a half. Uh, I'm definitely, will I'm taking an over in this game. I think that Arkansas is going to go ahead, win this game as well. And then uh, the Arkansas State, South Alabama, I'm going to go ahead and ride with Arkansas State. They're coming off of a loss. They figured out the things that they need to get done with um, their offense as well. And I'll say this. I think the biggest thing about Arkansas is stop running Felipe Franks. Me huh. and you both know it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was talking to my wife as we was watching the game, and she was just like, it just doesn't look natural 
doesn't look like an athlete. And they could kind of learn from a team like Florida. You know, when you want to uh, run a quarterback, you go ahead and put Emory Jones in, right? That's what y'all do in Florida. So why not go ahead and do it in Arkansas? And then that way you're getting K.J. Jefferson in the game plan, keeping him engaged and things like that um, so that he doesn't get disinterested. Because to be honest, right now what it's looking like, Felipe Franks might come back uh, next year and K.J. is like out the door and transferring. Uh, I I believe Felipe should come back. I'm taking Arkansas in, in the Arkansas-Missouri game as well because I feel like the – they're going to be motivated after taking this loss to LSU and not being able to keep the boot when it was a close game and they really should have came away with it because it was some spotty calls in there. But like you said, I, I do believe Felipe may stay for another year. And if he does, I could understand why KJ would leave because KJ just has a uh, an abundance of talent that really isn't being used. So I wouldn't blame him. And the South Alabama-Arkansas State game, I'm taking – State, both these teams are under exceeding, but I really believe Arkansas State is going to finally get it together after taking this embarrassing loss and step up and step to the plate and get a win. All right, so we had some great games that we picked, and, man, these games just didn't go how we picked them. Um, you know, talking about a UCLA team giving Oregon the business. Yes, Oregon came out with the win, 38-35. But UCLA was, like, leading at points in this game, and it didn't seem like Oregon could get any offense together. And it almost seemed like they couldn't – they had no answer for what Chip Kelly and UCLA had. And I want to just say this UCLA team – Two years from now, is definitely going to be a contender in the Pac-12, what Chip Kelly is doing. So what I'm seeing in any of any players that like Pac-12 Conference, um, that's getting recruited by Pac-12 Conference, you know that you can go to UCLA, make a difference probably, help this uh, team get over the hump. I think this was more of a statement of UCLA than it was of Oregon and showing why the Pac-12 – might not be able to make the uh, college football playoff because Oregon has to be dominant, you know, with only having six games on the schedule. And who's to say that they play those six games, maybe five or four, you know? Very true. Uh, when I was watching this game, I all I could think about in a, in a crazy way, I was like, if Oregon is supposed to be the team that takes this side of the Pac-12 and USC is taking this side, I mean – I'm weighing heavily in USC's favor right now because Oregon looks like they have a lot of things that they need to work out. Yes, they came away with the with the win, but it just it wasn't that convincing win that we've I mean, we've known Oregon to to look like. And I mean, yeah, they got some some young players out there, but they got to get it together or their chances of even trying to get in are going to diminish quickly. Yeah, and another game that definitely didn't go the way I thought it was, the uh, Indiana and Ohio State. Ohio State, uh, top 10 matchup. Ohio State escapes, literally escapes, uh, 42-35 against Indiana. And, you know, what I hear from people who don't watch Big Ten football is, is they be like, 
it's Indiana. Yeah, they rank number nine. Duh, duh, duh. They're still trash. All of this crap. You talking about an Indiana team? I believe that beat Auburn last year. You know, in a bowl game, you're talking about an Indiana team that has played Ohio State close. And I, I believe we talked about it in the last episode that, you know, Ohio State beat in the wire third quarter and then just boom, you know, jump out to a three point lead in the fourth quarter. And then it looks like a blowout game when really, if you actually watch the game, then you know it wasn't a blowout. But people don't watch film, they just watch highlights and look at box scores. And then, you know, but I say that this was, again, more of a statement from Indiana than it was for Ohio State. Ohio State has a whole lot of questions um, that need to be answered, especially in the secondary. Um, yes, they don't have a chase show. They don't have any of the bosses or anything. And the defensive line isn't getting to the quarterback like, you know, Ohio State fans are used to seeing but they are putting pressure on the quarterback. And I'll tell you this. I think Michael Penix is going to be a top-rated quarterback, not just in the Big Ten, but in the country. Because with, with pressure in his face, he was standing in the pocket making plays. I'm talking about making plays, man, over and over. And, I mean, you're talking about fitting balls and, and uh, tight windows as well. Um what I like to call one inching over the linebackers as well. I mean, and uh, what's his name? The guy, Ty Freifogel, dude's a beast. Uh, he has entered in the watch list for the Belitnikov. The, uh, the Belitnikov or the award. I think Devontae Smith is still going to go ahead and win that award. But, I mean, this guy's going to be right there behind him. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I get what you're saying about the people that don't watch Big Ten football and don't understand because I was watching this game. And like you said, I can understand why Ohio State fans are maybe a little bit upset. Not really upset, but just y'all have a standard. And y'all are the these la the games that I've watched with y'all. Y'all have, y'all have started out slow. Y'all haven't like something just ain't really. But then y'all being y'all, Ryan Day, I guess, get on y'all and then y'all get to clicking and come out with dubs but this one was it was a lot of back and forth in this one because i i was watching like the play that sticks out to me the most is when the indiana db uh intercepted it and was running taking it back and one somebody from y'all just came in and knocked it out yeah julian like, fleming yeah i was like oh that was fleming great yeah they played by the he got his inner Maurice Claret. That reminded me of Maurice Claret going up against Miami in 2002. Sorry, Miami fan. But that's just a that's just a that's just something you can't teach. Like that was just effort. And that's what really let me know that y'all are straight there. Like y'all are going to give y'all's best effort. So I knew y'all were going to pull it out no matter what, even though it was close. And I was sleeping on the Indiana quarterback, but not after this game because. No. <laughs> Like you said, he showed up and he showed out, and it just little things like getting an interception and then fumbling that interception is what cost him the game, I would want to say. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I thought this game, like starting off, Ohio State opens opens up in the scoring drive, two plays, both of them to Garrett Wilson. He gets a touchdown. I mean, we drive down. The, I'm like, oh, snaps. Like, <laughs> This is about to be a quick day, you know. We're about to go ahead, take this out to the bank. But Ohio State just has not put together a complete team. You're talking about not even scoring in the fourth quarter. Uh, 
it it just looked terrible. Like you said, you know, yeah, we got the W, but like you said, there's a standard at Ohio State, and that's all Ohio State fans are frustrated about is the standard not being upheld, especially in a secondary when we're known as DBU. You're talking about putting guys in, Damon Arnett, Malik Hooker, Denzel Ward, uh, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, the list. I mean, I could just continually go down the list of how many first-round draft picks we got and guys in the league like Malcolm Jenkins. You know, he's old and still doing his thing. Like, we're known known for that, and that standard isn't being, you know, lived up. So I'm hoping that Ohio State can get something together to fix this. But what I have been reminded of is, is in 2002 when Ohio State beat that Miami team or whatever, the way they were playing during the uh, regular season, would you have would you have said the same thing that they're not ready for an Alabama or a Clemson? You know, like literally, you could say back then the way they were playing the close games that they were playing in the Big Ten. Oh, there's no way they're going to be ready for Miami. Miami's going to thrash them, and then look, they played up to that game. You know, so. Also, what I what I had to go back was look at look at Alabama going up against Ole Miss and how Ole Miss was torching their DBs. And I want to say that was in uh, Alabama's third game of the season. This is Ohio State's fourth game of the season. And with Ohio State only having that fourth game, they also players um, didn't get to play against Maryland, you know? So Indiana was already in game rhythm. Ohio State had to get in game rhythm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, y'all. I feel like y'all will be straight. Y'all, I mean, get a couple more games, and y'all right. Like y'all will, y'all gonna be good. Yeah, I could talk about that game all day. Another thing that decided the Big Ten was number ten Wisconsin taking the L to number nineteen Northwestern, who got you know sky poached up the poles after getting that W. Um, and holding Wisconsin to seven, you know, we both went ahead and picked Wisconsin. And my reason for picking Wisconsin was, was like, there's no way that Northwestern can score as many points as Wisconsin could put up. But then you go back, you look at the opponents that Wisconsin was beating. Nobody. Remember, I kind of said, hey, were they trying to avoid playing, you know, a Purdue team or some other team so that way that they could stay undefeated? Slept on Northwestern. And that Northwestern defense was eating. You're talking about Graham Mertz. Didn't have any interceptions. Had had an interception in that game. Um, I mean, Northwestern was just eating out. I, I was more impressed with Northwestern, especially on the defensive side and what they were able to do was very shocking on how they slowed down uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin always known for having a great rushing attack. And then this year supposed to have a dominant passing attack and then couldn't get anything going. Yeah, you are very true. Uh, this this Wisconsin offense finally got challenged. Like you said, they have been playing really nobody, and then they finally get challenged. They and they don't don't meet the challenge because they had five five turnovers the whole game. So yes, that that Northwestern defense is something serious. They were eating, and three of the I think it was three of the. First half turnovers came from Mertz himself, so it's not a good look. I, for some reason, he was getting like some Heisman talk, but I, that probably needs to be shut down definitely after this. 
Wisconsin just needs to regroup because this is <laughs> Wisconsin needs to regroup after this because they just got smacked in smacked in the mouth. So whoever they play next week, they need to go smack them in the mouth or they're just gonna shoot down the holes. Yep. I agree, man. We definitely – and, you know, this is an Ohio State team that just needs, you know, uh, Big Ten teams to go ahead and win and actually look impressive as well. Uh, talking about a rivalry game, Oklahoma State against <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, only put up 13 points. Uh, Chuba Hubbard and the Russian attack was put in check. Oklahoma's defense, like I said – was making play, you know, and as at the more and more they play under this Alex Grinch system, they are going to look better. And you know, when you're talking about a rivalry game, you can basically kind of put all you know, all of the stats, everything, it really doesn't matter. But Spencer Rattler went ahead, had himself a game. Looks like he's matured as well in this offense. And you know, Lincoln Riley have been talking about, you know, all these quarterbacks that he had transfer in. He, he's never really got to sat, sit down and actually teach someone through, you know, uh, being a veteran and different things with experience and, you know, certain parts. Hey, we're in this part of the game, so you need to be mindful of this. You know, he's kind of been enjoying doing that with Spencer Rattler. You know, Spencer Rattler was on uh, Lead 11 talking about how he was going to win, you know, three Heismans and stuff. Doesn't look like he's going to be winning that Heisman this year at all. But maybe next year, I, I think he's getting better. The team looks a lot better. Um, his receivers were making tremendous plays. Yeah, he did. He did go out there and look a whole lot better. He had him a game. I, I'm not gonna say I wasn't confident in him, but I thought that this Oklahoma State defense would be able to capitalize on him being young and not fully being aware, but. I guess Lincoln Riley is finally starting to show that he can possibly develop a quarterback. And I I got to eat my words because I really thought Oklahoma State was going to go out and get this one done. But OU wins the sixth straight one and looked really impressive. And they are – they have a bright future. Maybe Spencer Rattler get it together and then maybe they get a defense and then get back in the CFP. But – Right now, it's not looking so nice. Yeah, speaking of the CFP, um, you got the College Football Playoff Committee will be putting out their first rankings this Tuesday. Now, there's been some things, you know, people like, hey, we want to expand the playoffs. The playoff committee has went ahead, shut that talk all down. Then people are like, well, what happens if one of these teams tests positive for the Rona? You know, they went ahead. Shut that talk down. We're not replacing the team. The best teams are going to play and going to be in there. Well, you wonder, well, how are they going to go ahead and fit all of these, you know, this team in if a team tests positive? And I'm thinking that their plan has to be going ahead and putting these teams in the bubble right away after they get picked. Because other than that, you're talking about teams, if they're still going by, by their conference, you're talking about 21 to 14 days having to sit out. That's three weeks. And with an extended uh, playoff, with an extended playoff, I mean, it, it's uh, extended NFL playoff, I'm sorry, 
there's not many television spots for you to do it on the weekend, so it might have to be done during the week. Uh, we got Jack Does Sports says Big 12 is done, in my opinion. I 100% agree with you. The back, the uh, Big 12 played them way themselves out with Oklahoma State going ahead and losing that game. So, Jack Sports, we appreciate uh, your feedback. So, talk to me about this uh, playoff committee. Yeah, I, I really like how they're like, this is this is what we're going to do. Like, they're not swaying on anything. Like, no, we're not expanding. We're not replacing anybody. This is what's going to happen. We'll take the steps. We'll take the measures needed. That yeah. if something happens, then we have procedures in place for that. But we are going to let the best teams play because we don't want an asterisk by the season, even though this season kind of already does have an asterisk in a, in a way. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. There's new members on this playoff committee, and guess what? Two of them basically represent the group of five. Now, everybody's been talking about Cincinnati or BYU possibly getting in, and I'm going to tell you this. I think that BYU should be out of the discussion. They haven't played nobody, and they won't be playing nobody, I guess. You know, they have to hope that the big – the big uh, – the Pac-12 – Let's them play, you know, one of their games and they possibly beat them, you know, because the Pac-12 came out and said, hey, we're going to allow, you know, out of conference if, you know, some things get a little bit murky. But Cincinnati going up against UCF, and you think UCF is about to run out with this game, their defense makes in-game adjustments and slows UCF down, and Cincinnati comes out with the W. I mean, yeah. at time and time again, we're like, we're going to have to see how Cincinnati plays against this team. We'll have to see how Cincinnati plays against this team. Can they slow down uh, an offensive passing attack like this? We don't know if they can. Doesn't look like they can. But then they go ahead and they prove everybody wrong. Luke, what Luke Fickle is doing in Cincinnati is just crazy. I know there's talks about, you know, some people like Cincinnati should get in the Big Ten and some people are like, well, Ohio State fans don't want Cincinnati to get a big tier. Uh, all Ohio players will go to Cincinnati. Yeah, they might just go to Cincinnati, but I would love to have Cincinnati in a big ten over uh, Rutgers, over over a uh, 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 two and three Michigan or zero and five Penn State. We'll 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 talk about that <laughs> that later. But we got our own top six and what we think that the playoff committee is actually going to come out uh, this Tuesday with their playoffs. And we're going to show you our top four and the first two out. And our top four uh, looks exactly the same. Basically, our whole top six, everything looks the same. We got Alabama at one, Notre Dame at two, uh, Ohio State at three, Clemson at four, Florida at five, and Cincinnati at six. And before – I watched the Ohio State-Indiana game. I was going to put Ohio State at number two over Notre Dame because I didn't feel like Notre Dame looked or feels like the number two team in the nation. But after watching Ohio State, Ohio State got – they got some things that they got to clean up, that they got to answer. So I went ahead, put them at number three. Notre, Notre Dame deserves number two. They got a big win over Clemson. They also have another big uh, – Ranked, ranked win that they could possibly get going up against North Carolina. But I think that it's easy for everybody to say, 
Alabama's the number one team. I mean, what they've done with their schedule, what's coming up on their schedule, it looks like a meeting with Florida. I mean, and if they go ahead and win that, they're definitely outright the number one team. But we'll we'll see, man. I, I I'm excited with what's coming down the pipe. Same is I making my list. I had so many like thoughts popping in my head, scenarios popping in my head. What would happen if this team lost to this team? What would they do if this team lost to this team? But we're just gonna have to wait and see. I have my list the way I have it because one of the scenarios, for instance, was because I was gonna show AM some love because they kind of deserve it a little bit. But then I got to thinking, like, why? AM has pretty much nothing left to win. Because if Alabama stays undefeated and goes to the SEC championship game, represents the West, then they're just there. And if we just so happen to meet in the SEC championship game and beat them, depending on what all what else shakes out, we probably get put in. So that's why I left them out of my top six. And you already explained why we both have Cincinnati in our yeah. <laughs> in our top six. <laughs> so, but the rest is I'm right with you. Well, there you go, guys. You got it. Our uh, top six and what we think that the committee is going to do. So, I mean, I'm really excited to see how the, this playoff race is going to shake out and also to see what the committee is looking like and thinking like coming this, um, what do you say, coming this Tuesday. But we got some some great matchups. Um I went ahead and put this team, Maryland, on our thing, not knowing really if they even want to play a game, uh, you know, because they're below the threshold and the Big Ten didn't force them to not play. They forced themselves to not play. Um, they're using every excuse in a book that they can. I think that they should have been forced to forfeit, which I think would have forced them to actually play games. But – there are Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN. Going up against now the number 12 team, Indiana. And this is by AP standards. By the time that there's game time, Indiana might not be 12. You know, they could possibly still be 10. Uh, it all depends on how the college football playoff goes ahead and rank them. But they come in as a 14-point favorite. And you're like, wow, how can that, knowing that Maryland has a great offensive power? Well, Maryland hasn't practiced. Maryland is not getting game reps. And that's one thing that, like I just talked about in our last segment, talking about the Indiana-Ohio State game, is Indiana was in the rhythm of playing games. You know, when you're not in the rhythm of playing games, sometimes a bye week can actually hurt you because you're not in the rhythm of those of what you're doing. And teams that, you know, get in rhythms, have a structure on how they're doing, especially I know at Ohio State, when that gets interrupted, that can hurt. And I'm telling you, Maryland not having that game, I think it's going to hurt them. Why they come in as a 14-point underdog, I got Indiana winning this game because that defense is nasty. They know how to slow down a potent offense. We already saw that. They know how to put pressure. Uh, this is a young quarterback with his first start as well. And it's Mike Loxley, um, and it's Mike Loxley offense. So, give me, give me Indiana Hoosiers, man. I think they're legit. I would love to see them go through the Big Ten, only having one loss, and that one loss being to 
the Ohio State. I'm also taking Indiana because the defense is just they're they're hot right now. It's like figuratively and literally. I, I would be upset if we just kind of squandered our chances of potentially making it into the college football playoffs. But at the same time, the defense is on fire, quarterbacks on fire. They're like you said, they're in a rhythm. And yeah, Maryland will be the fresher team, but like you said, they really haven't done anything. And Indiana is just showing that each year, really, because a different team steps up in the Big Ten. I realize that. Like each year, other than y'all, and it was supposed to be Michigan, but <laughs> we'll see how that's going. Uh, but other than y'all, like certain teams, like it's like a revolve. Like y'all are always good, but it's all it's always a team that comes up kind of out of nowhere. That's a surprise, and, yeah. Yeah, and Indiana is that team this year, but and they they're really showing the the talent that's in the Big Ten. Yeah, and to be honest, I'll say this: I don't think Indiana is just going to be good just this year. I think that this is going to be a continuing thing, and. I mean, they've went down to Florida and got some fast guys, got some recruits. Out of the Big Ten, they have the most guys from Florida. And I think that if they continue to recruit and they can go ahead and show, hey, this is what you can get. We can beat these top teams. We can do this. Why would you want to go to a Michigan? You know, when you're thinking about going to the Big Ten and then Indiana comes knocking at your door and, and you know, you you possibly been talking to Michigan. You're like, hey, Indiana just beat them. You know, Indiana just beat Penn State. I can go. I could probably go there as a top recruit, as a top recruit, five star maybe, four star that, that Penn State and that Michigan get to talk to. Indiana comes knocking at your door, and you're like, hey, I think that you could change our program, and that you could possibly uh, start your freshman year. You gonna take that? You oh, gonna take for that? Sure. And you get to play Ohio State and, and play close. You know the scouts going to be watching. You know everybody's watching that game. And if they continue to be how they are, you know it's going to be a primetime game in the future. I'm going to Indiana over Michigan and Penn State. And I think that I think that, that, that trend might happen if Harbaugh stays at Michigan as well. They don't even know who their quarterback is. Uh, speaking of Michigan and Penn State, we have them at a Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff on ABC. Michigan comes in as a four-point favorite. I'm going to go ahead and say Michigan wins this game. I don't know about this over-under. Michigan looks like they have to go to running the ball just to win the game. Uh, Daxon Hill, I think he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, went ahead, put the team on his back, got them their last W. Uh, Michigan fans in Michigan just seem to be – Happy going into triple overtime with a team like Rutgers. I mean, I, I think that that surprised and looked like they were ready to storm the field if they could, <laughs> if there were fans there. I mean, I don't, I just got so many bad things to say, and I just probably need to be a little bit more professional. But I feel like this is going to be just a dumpster fire of a game. Like, just two, two teams that talk so much stuff that act like, hey, they're supposed to be this and that. And, I mean, because we already know Jim Harbaugh was talking all that crap about Ohio State, you know, in preseason. James Franklin, 
he sneaks his little comments in every now and again. And I don't know, man. But I guess I'm going to freaking pick Michigan to win this game because Penn State is breaking their own history. Go ahead and tell, tell everybody tell everybody about how bad their history now is when 2020. Please tell them. This is the first time in program history for Penn State to start off 0-5. Program history. That's wild. I'm also taking Michigan just because they gotta win. They know what it they they know what it feels like to win, even though it means going three overtimes with Rutgers. But I really don't know what to say much about this game because it, it's I believe we're on the same we're we're on the same path. I this is gonna be a a uh, a dumpster fire, but Maybe the players will use what we are saying as bulletin board material and go out there and try and do something. But yeah, this, <laughs> this ain't it. Yeah, let's go talk about a game. Uh, we got Notre Dame versus number 25, um, North Carolina, Saturday, 2 30 p.m. kickoff on ABC. Notre Dame comes in as a seven and a half favorite, which I think is kind of surprising that they're not favored by more to over under set at 64. And I think Notre Dame is going to win this game convincingly, man. They, they've been rolling. Yeah. They had a bad showing against, uh, uh, Louisville. Yeah. They came out maybe a little bit slow against Boston college, but trust me that Boston college team has great defense and has a great coach. Um, Get, go ahead, give me Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame covers in this game as well. And I'm not I'm not sold on Sam Howell, man. I think Sam Howell is going to have to come back for another year. Uh, he has not been able to put this team on his back, what we're, you know, used to seeing him do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm also going to take Notre Dame in this game. Last time these two teams played was in 2017, Notre Dame. Smashed them 33-10. It is a different team, and it's a different coach, and they have a different mindset at North Carolina. But like you said, Sam Howe, if he had draft stock, it's dropped, and he should come back for another year. I don't – yeah, I don't see him putting the team on his back, like showing us what got us so hype about him last year. I don't know where it went, but Hopefully it comes back to this game and it's an interesting game, but I I feel like Notre Dame is going to cover and convincingly cover. Yeah. Auburn comes in at 22, going up against number one ranked Alabama Saturday, also 2.30 p.m. kickoff on CBS. Remember these times that we are saying are I live in Central's uh, time zone, so that's why it's 2.30. If you live in Eastern time zone, then it'll be 3.30. Alabama comes in as a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. And to be honest, I'm eating it all up. I'm taking it. Yes, I know that it is a rivalry game. And, yes, I just said in rivalry games, you could throw out all the stats. You could do this. But I'm about to tell you why Auburn is going to get smashed the way they are. Because they have a guy like Chad Morris on their coaching staff. The guy is terrible. He doesn't know how to – he doesn't know how to coach. And to be honest, uh, did you see Auburn versus Tennessee? It looked terrible. It terrible did. game. 
Bro, Alabama's about to stomp a mud hole through Auburn. End of story. We can move on. I'm also taking Bama. I already knew he was going to say Chad Morris. That's a, that's <laughs> the main reason I'm taking Alabama because I don't know. Chad Morris just doesn't – he doesn't have it, at least not in the SEC. He may have had it at, like, SMU and all that, but he don't have it here. So, give me Bama. All right, man. You got Bama. So, there you go. You got our college football picks of the week. And, you know, the NFL was just a crazy day-to-day or a crazy week. Uh, Some people just don't know what they're doing, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just playing, man. It happens to the best of us, man. Uh, Arizona Cardinals went ahead, took that loss 21 Versus Seattle Seahawks at 28. Arizona lost. I went ahead and picked Seattle. I knew Russell Wilson wasn't going to lose that many in a row. Uh, had to come out dumping against Kyler Murray. And that's what the Seattle Seahawks did. They went ahead, won the game. I know you went ahead and picked the cards. We got Cincinnati Bengals losing 20 to 9 against the Washington football team. And uh, I just want to say that was a sad game. Hate to see Joe Burrow go down. Um, it was a lower leg injury. Haven't heard what exactly it is that happened to Joe Burrow or what the injury is at all. It just it looked really bad. But I do want to say this. When you're a Buckeye, you're always a Buckeye. Now, I saw, you know, Terry McLaurin go run over there, give him some love. Dwayne Haskins, uh, Chase Young, all former Buckeyes. Went, you know, from a separate team. They on the Washington football team. And they went, still gave the man some love, even, even though they were going against him. And then you got the Dallas Cowboys. Finally getting a W, you know, against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I went ahead, picked that, got that right as well, man. Uh, Essex, man, what happened this week, bro? I don't know. Just a bunch of... A bunch of BS is what happened. I mean, <laughs> I was I was upset about the Cardinals Seahawks game, but at the same time, I wasn't upset because the final play, my guy Carlos Dunlap came through and got that sack. Don't know where Carlos Dunlap came from. Just take a good guess. And so I, was, <laughs> so, so I was bittersweet about that one. The Bengals that was just that was just a sad one. It hurt because. They the Bengals was in that game. Joe had him in that game and potentially in the position to win that game before he went down. Yep. He went down and then it just went out of hand or it got out of hand. So, and then the Cowboys win is just luck. <laughs> Say luck was on his side. Yeah, yeah, man. Like we've been we've been saying. Uh, we got Rambo said about time about time we won. So I, I guess he's a a Cowboys fan. I'm 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 guessing, but. Like we've been saying, man, Joe Burrow is the face. He's everything for Cincinnati Bengals. They would be nothing without Joe Burrow. So this is what I've been saying. His agent has to make sure that in the future, in this draft coming up, they're picking for Joe Burrow. You know, they have to be building pieces around him, not only to protect him, but pieces to uh, for him to throw to. Uh, A.J. Green, it's time for you to go, bro. And if Cincinnati isn't going to do that as an agent, you have to get Joe Burrow out of there. He's too great of a quarterback to just 
stay at Cincinnati and just continue to get tore up. Yeah, it's they have to build for him. They have to build this team around him because they they got him a couple things. T Higgins, him and T Higgins was making some connections, starting to have a little bit of chemistry, but. You got to get him more pieces, mainly an offensive line, and that is that is what they need to get right away. Like people ask me, how did the Colts make such a good turnaround? Because we got an offensive line. Yeah, <laughs> we got an offensive line to protect Andrew Luck, and I mean, yeah, and that's all they got to do, and then get them some more pieces. Definitely get some pieces on that defense, and Cincinnati might be a playoff team once again. I, I definitely I agree with you. They got to get the pieces around them. But we got NFL Week 12 matchups, and we went ahead and picked Carolina Panthers versus Minnesota Sunday, 12 p.m. kickoff on Fox. Minnesota comes in as a three-and-a-half favorite. Uh, when I was looking, I used Action Sports, and they didn't have the over and under on any of these games when I was doing this uh, slideshow. But uh, New York Giants – Versus Cincinnati Bengals, New York Giants coming in as a four-and-a-half favorite. Uh, might as well go ahead and take the Giants in that game because, like we said, uh, the everything of Cincinnati's offense is no longer there. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Kansas City comes in as a three-point favorite. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick the Chiefs in this game. Uh, 12 p.m. kickoff on Fox as well. So uh, either this Bengals game or this Kansas City game, one of them I'm not going to be able to watch, or actually two of these games we're not going to be able to watch or something like that because they're all on Fox. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the Panthers also because they proved that they can win without Teddy B. He may be back. He might not be back in time, but still they showed that they can do it without their number one quarterback. Obviously taking the Giants because, like you said, no sense, no Joe Burrow, no W's for the Bengals. And I'm also taking the Chiefs because, I mean, they have one loss, but they're still looking like the, the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. And you can't go against them right now. You can't until they meet them Steelers, man. I don't know <laughs> what it is about them Steelers, bro, but they just continue to go. And I just want to say I got this wrong about the uh, the Chiefs and Buccaneers game. It will be a 3.25 p.m. kickoff uh, on CBS. I apologize. That is uh, terrible on me for doing that. So don't blame my co-host on that, man. Uh, <laughs> make sure that you're following us on all social media platforms. We got a Facebook group where we post daily in. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow me at 216 underscore wild boy. And you can also, um, you know, follow Essex as well. Let them know where they can follow you at, Essex. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Oh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Gator Boy Tell Them. And that's really it, honestly. Well, All I'm right. At the Facebook also, Facebook group. So, you know, we always go through our picks every week. And, um, it wasn't a great week for us. I'm not even going to say it was a great week for me, man. Out of nine games, I went five, five and four. Essex went two and seven. Um, Essex, man, why you in the red this week, man? What's going on? Uh, I already told you. It was some luck, some BS, and then 
just some, I don't know. I really don't know. I I went with the teams that I believed would and should come out with wins. I mean, the odds just weren't in my on in my favor. That's all I can think of. Happens to the best of us. I'm telling you, one week I'll probably be in red. I hope not. Uh hope I can keep my little streak going where I don't get in red, man. But um our overalls are pretty good. We're both in the green with our overall. Uh, I come in at 59 uh, wins, 23 losses. You coming in with 50 wins, 32 losses. So, I mean, I'm only ahead of you by by nine. Either way it goes. Uh, I'm coming in at 72%. You're coming in at 61%. It's above 500. So, you're still winning money if you are using that uh, as well, man. Uh, definitely telling you guys, pay attention to the college football playoff committee. You can see by where they're raking people um, on how, you know, this is going to go. Remember, um, we're hoping that once they pick the rankings, that these teams just get a chance to go ahead and go into a bubble because that is the best thing for them as well. You got anything that you might want to add to this, uh, to the end of the show? Uh, yeah, yeah, just, just to add on to what you're saying, just – Watch, watch for the committee because you can learn a lot from just watching the selections that they make, and it that's kind of what. Because before the the committee, like you were the one that was like, it don't matter, it don't matter until the committee, and I was always the one that was going with the AP poll and the coaches poll, and then that's an SEC thing. <laughs> and then I realized I was like. You know, for the, the, the committee, they get it wrong, kind of, but uh, at the same time, they do have a lot of good points and a lot of teams where you realize, hey, like, this is this is a good thing. Like, we have this at the end of the year, and we don't just go by a computer or the AP poll or the coaches poll. I feel like this committee thing is really working out. And I feel like, yeah, they still have their kinks, but they're going to get it figured out. And just watch Tuesday, learn something. Yeah. Um, if you haven't been following, I've, I've been doing breakdowns every week. Um, check the breakdowns that I'm putting out this week. I will definitely have some out for you all as well, letting you know who's the best in the conference at what positions and telling you why I went ahead, picked them to win as well. Um, another thing, I will be coming at you all with reaction shows. I do work at night, so just bear with me. Uh, the reaction show will probably be the next day, but I will be letting you know what happened with the college football playoffs. You can find those reaction shows on YouTube and the breakdowns on YouTube as well at the Fans Edge. We appreciate the love. We appreciate the support. Um, hope we see y'all next week, man. Make sure that if you go on our anchor page, you can leave us a voicemail. We'll add you to TFE Fan Corner, and we hope to see y'all next week. Love y'all. Thank you.